there, it's Kathleen here, and welcome to The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. You can access more information about me, my newspaper articles, upcoming events, contact me, or purchase my book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, on my website at www.kathleenmaxwellwamby.com. This podcast is now in 28 countries, and people have donated so that you can listen free. Will you consider paying it forward for someone else by giving a one-time or monthly gift? Simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the like or follow, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Enjoy the podcast. Today, the topic of our lesson is Unraveling Lies We Believe. And so before we jump into it, I just want to pray for each and every one of us. So Lord, I just thank you that your word speaks truth and life to us because you've come so we can have life and life abundantly. So I ask that as we just dive into your word, God, as we hear what you have to say, that Lord, you would unravel any lies that we have believed about you, about ourselves, or about others. Lord, I thank you that you've come so we can be free. And so I bless each listener and their household in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's so much these days that's on the internet, in our spam mail, um, in our news, on Facebook, on whatever, you know, media you're looking at. It's hard so much of the time to tell what is true and what is not. And none of us like to be deceived. Um, But scripture is real clear in what it tells us, that Satan is the father of lies and that God is in Jesus just the the way, the truth, and the life. And so I think so many times when something just doesn't set right in our heart or we read something and we're like, oh, we're tempted to just totally believe it, we need to really go and take it to the Word of God or ask God to reveal truth to us. And so my question is, where do you go for truth? Well, for me, I go to the Bible and I do ask God, you know, Lord, just reveal truth to me in any way. Um, But let me take you to John 14, verse 6. And here's what Jesus said. John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so right there in that passage, and for those of you uh, that are here and you're taking notes, you're part of the gathering, bringing God into everyday life Bible study, this is number one. It says, Jesus, Jesus answered and said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Truth is how Jesus describes himself. Right there, he's just saying, wait a minute, this is, this is who I am. And that was a descriptive word that he used to talk about his character and what we can trust in our life. And right there, he's also saying that if you want to have life, eternal life, and life abundantly, that salvation is only through relationship with Jesus. So I love that, that he has just given us such a full statement right there. And that if you need to know the way you need to go, if you need any wisdom in anything you're doing, ask me and I'll lead you. I'll show you the way because I'm the truth. It's just part of my character, part of who I am. 
and I am the way of life. And so salvation begins through relationship with Jesus, inviting Christ into our hearts and saying, I need a Savior. Lord, forgive me of my sins and teach me how to walk with you. And for me, that began when I was 10 years old. I was a little girl and and heard about um, inviting Jesus into my heart. And it was something that I wanted to, to do. And I've never looked back um, with that. But let's go to another scripture. John 8, 32 tells us, Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. You know, there is freedom in truth. And sometimes, sometimes we can, like I said, something doesn't sit well with us and we're not sure. And I think in times like that, we can just say, Lord, would you reveal truth to me? It's one of my favorite prayers. Um, If you've listened to this podcast and done some of my lessons before, you've heard me say this, that that I'll go to the Lord and say, Lord, just reveal truth to me in this. And I remember one time my um, husband was telling me all these things that were going on in his business. And um, he has a rental company and and some things just, I didn't, I don't know a whole lot about it, but some things that he was saying, I was just like, I'm not real sure about that. And I said, you know, something's not right, but I'm going to pray for God to reveal truth. Well, about, I don't know, a week or two later, he called me up. He said, hey, you know that prayer you've been praying for God to reveal truth? I said, yeah. He said, I need you to quit. He said, because... I have found out this employee is stealing from me. I have found out this has been going on. I have found out this. He goes, I've got so much truth. He said, I can't handle anymore. And that's just an example of how God will show us when something doesn't quite set right and in our in our spirits. You know, John 14, verse 16 and 17, and this is number two in your note taking. It says in John 14, 16, and 17, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. And there, you know, Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples. He's about to leave and he's saying, you know, let me just give you a little bit of advice here. I'm, I'm going to be leaving to go with the Father, but the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth, is going to be with you. And he'll be an advocate for you. And I think many times we discount that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that moves in our hearts, that comforts our hearts. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us into truth. And right here it says the Holy Spirit will be an advocate to help us. And so let's let's tap into that resource that we have. And it is in God's heart for you. I hope you see in these three scriptures, it's in God's heart for you to walk in truth and to walk in freedom. And that's good news. You know, that's good news that we can count on. So moving right along to see what else scripture has to say in verse um, in John 8, 44 through 47. And this is a long passage. It tells us something. This is again, number three, Satan is the father of lies. That's number three in your note taking. And let me read this passage. It's, it's, 
to you so you can get it in context. And Jesus is talking to the, to the Pharisees. They're challenging him on who he is. And, you know, here they had studied. They had a lot of head knowledge, but they didn't have the heart knowledge. And Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come from God. I have not come from my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you were unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet, because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I were telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you did not hear is that you do not belong to God. And so, man, those are some powerful statements right there. But Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was a son of God. He knew what he was called to do. And right there, he's saying, y'all, be careful because Satan is going to lie to you. And that is an even greater challenge as we go to the Lord and, and say, Lord, I want relationship with you and help me to walk in truth and reveal the truth any place I've believed a lie because Satan loves to get us off track he loves to hinder our relationship with God and he is the father of lies and um, so let's just talk about some common lies that we can believe and some of these are ones I've believed um, and taken just wanted you know to to give to you um, in my own life sometimes and this is number four in your note-taking we believe God doesn't love us, we aren't important, or that he's disappointed in us when we fail. We believe he doesn't love us, we aren't important, or he's disappointed in us when we fail. And I just want to challenge you, there is no disappointment or shame in God's eyes when he looks at you. There's only love. And a misconception I know I had is that um, we can look at our sins, we can look at our failures, um, we can look at many different things in our lives and think, well, we'll never measure up or we're not good enough. Um, and everything about everything about everything in life is about our relationship with a God that dearly, dearly loves us. He doesn't just want us to know about him. He wants us to know his heart, know what's in his word, draw close to him, have that relationship where we're talking to him all day long. And he issues us that invitation. And we can accept it or not. But let me take you to scripture to where I can tell where I'm getting this. It says in Romans 8, 38 and 39, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Let me read this to you. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any creature will be able to separate us from the love of God, 
which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, right there, it's it tells us how God feels about us and that nothing is going to separate us from his love. He's always loving us. We may not realize it. We may not always be loving him, but he's always going to love us. So number five in your note taking, when we really understand how much we are loved, we have nothing to fear. When we really understand the depth of that love, we have nothing to fear. And so I just want to challenge you, if you have a problem with uh, fear and anxiety, I want to encourage you to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to love me in this area so that your perfect love for me will drive out fear. And, you know, we can, yeah, believe the scripture, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. We can believe that in our head. And I knew that from, like I said, as a little girl, but it wasn't until I was a woman in my late 20s to 30s that I really began to sink deep into my into my heart. And I've got several podcasts on the love of God. Um, you can go to the three dots in the podcast and drop down and scroll through and find them, find out more about the love of God and fear. Um, but He loves us. You know, something can be true, but it's not the truth. Let me give you an example. We can have maybe a problem with a sin um, problem. You know, maybe it's anger. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's, uh, you know, cursing. Maybe it's, you know, whatever. The Bible tells us a lot of things about how to walk with God, and we all fall, fall short. But you can have a problem with a sin. But the truth is, Jesus wants you to walk through it free. And he's right there to help us. And so we don't need to distance ourselves. If you've got a problem, don't deny that problem. Take it to the Lord because he wants to walk you out of it. And let me show you another scripture in Psalm 145, 8 and 9. It says, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all, and he has compassion on all that he has made. Man, another powerful scripture about God's great love for us and his character. And I was thinking about this this morning before I, you know, began this lesson. And, and part of my prayer for myself is, Lord, help me to be gracious and compassionate. Help me to be slow to anger and rich in love because that's the way you are and I want to be like you um, and I think it's a good prayer for all of us but A.W. Tozier who was a famous Christian writer I love what he has to say it's so powerful it says what comes to our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us it doesn't matter what we say about God or do for him it truly is what we think about him in our inward being that affects everything about us. We are defined by what we believe about God because who we become is directly related to what we picture in our minds 
when we think about him. Did you realize that? What you think about God is going to color that and color your viewpoint of how you even see yourself. You know, and goes on to say, if we picture a disappointed employer, we will think of ourselves as a failing employee. If we envision an unjust ruler, we will act like rebellious sub subjects. If we see God as a genie, we will be wishmakers. I wish God would do this. I wish God would do that. We don't see as, as having that close relationship. If we believe he is our Abba Father, we will be his children. Our self-esteem mirrors how we see God. Man, I love that quote. The higher we esteem or honor and revere God for who he is, the truer our view is of ourselves. People that suffer from low self-esteem is because they don't truly see how much God loves them, how valuable they are, the purpose and plan in of God for their life. And I just want to tell you and challenge you, if we highly esteem that God sees us of value, it's going to make a difference. You're not a nobody. You're of great value to the Holy One. You're defined as His treasure. Number six, the truth is He loves me. He has compassion on me. He considers me a person of great value. And my actions do not separate me from His love. They don't. Man, that's so neat. I encourage you to go back and read those scriptures and just let the Lord speak more to your life. And I love what it says in Psalm 40, verse 11. And this is from the Message Translation. I like to read from different translations when I'm studying. Um, and I just like the way they put it. The Message is kind of down-to-earth language. It says, Now, God, don't hold out on me. Don't hold back your passion, your love, and truth are all that keep me together. I love that. And that is, you know, his love and his truth will keep us together in life. So number seven in your note taking, we can believe God is angry with us, mad at us, or ashamed of us. And this is just failure to see God's grace and mercy. Like I said, when we mess up or maybe something doesn't happen and we prayed for it and it doesn't happen the way we want, um, or we just think, well, God must be mad at me or he's ashamed at me or I'm a failure. And let me just challenge you right there. You're never a failure unless you fail to see God's love for you. Will we make mistakes in life? Absolutely. I do it all the time. There are things I say that I wish I hadn't said. There are things that I do, and I'm like, why on earth did I do that? I, should, I know better than that. And I think many times our viewpoint of God can be um, stem from feelings we have when we're children. 
and therefore they become part of our what we believe and I just want to say that cruel words and harsh declarations can damage little people it's so important we speak words of life to children you know because the more we speak that life into them it's going to sink into their little spirits but many times the total opposite happens and we can hear words like you're disgusting you're an idiot you're fat you'll never amount to anything I wished you were a boy instead of a girl or vice versa you're worthless or maybe you've even heard the words I hate you or we should never been born those are hard cruel words but many of those words are words that I've heard people tell me um, from their own upbringing those words that were said to them and I just want to say if any of those things have been spoken over you I just want to ask God right now where you're sitting um, or driving or, or standing or whatever you're doing that God would come and to begin to erase those lies about you because those words were from the father of lies those were words Satan was trying to use to to destroy you and I think when we face our hurt where it brings us more wisdom and wholeness that's when the healing can begin many people deny their hurt and the Lord just wants them to bring it to him and so right now any place if if those kind of negative words have been spoken to you as a child or maybe even as an adult um, ask God to just heal you and erase the lies that you've believed because the scripture tells us even if we make a mistake the truth is God loved us while we were yet sinners let me take you to that that's Romans 5 verse 8 says but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us you know he didn't wait to love you and me when we got our act together <laughs> that probably hasn't happened or he didn't wait to love us when we quit our bad habits he just loves us he just loves us in Lamentations 3 verse 22 and 23 says because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed for his compassions never fail never they are new every morning great is your faithfulness man God's compassion for you the situation you're in what's going on in your life God has just a deep tender compassion for you you know like I said I grew up in church um, and as a little girl and my dad was a great man um, I'm grateful for parents that took me to church um, but one thing that affected me personally was my dad really didn't tell me he loved me growing up and I think part of that was his own upbringing it was just the way he raised and I think he had the mindset of the more that you rule things tightly and and control things and um, you know then his kids would stay in line but the fact that I didn't hear those words 
kind of affected how I looked at God. Well, if the Bible says, you know, God is our father and all I knew was my, what I saw as my natural father, it colored my viewpoint of who God was. And finally, I saw that the image I had of God didn't really line up with the Bible. And I asked God to show me who he really was. I understood Jesus as my Savior. I had an understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit. I saw that in operation. I even sensed that as a young child. But somehow God the Father seemed like way too distant, way too busy for me. Um, and I didn't see myself. I didn't see God as he was. And so I didn't see myself as I am. And one of the scriptures that the Lord spoke to me in that time was Jeremiah 31, 3, which says, I have loved you with an everlasting love and with loving kindness I've drawn you. And man, again, that testimony is in some of my other podcasts, but a powerful, powerful scripture because it began to radically change my life. And his love is radical for, for us. It's not performance-based. Um, you know, man has come up with a lot of religious rules that we have to do, but God's just interested in relationship with us. And, you know, when I was a little girl, when I got in trouble, um, and my dad wanted to raise kids that were obedient, he would like withdraw his heart from us. And it seemed like I worked for days to get back into his good graces to earn that love. And that was just a lie I believed about God. And um, and yet, you know, God broke through. And as I understood God's great love for me, it changed my heart. And I just want to say, too, that um, the last years of my dad's life, we became very close. He told me he loved me all the time. And God really redeemed that. Okay, moving right along, because this is a long lesson, but there's so many scriptures that I have to give you on this. So number eight, we can believe a lie that when bad things happen, God is not good. We can believe the lie that when bad things happen, God is not good, and we can have a wrong image of him. I remember years ago at church, they were singing this song, God is good all the time, all the time God is good. And I remember standing there that Sunday, and I'm just going to be honest with you, I was like, I wouldn't sing it. I just didn't believe it was true. <laughs> and I know you might be saying, what in the world? But I looked at all my current circumstances. I looked at the difficulties, the disappointments that I'd been through. And... I looked at that and I thought God must, God's just not good. He's not good all the time. I don't know where they got the words to this song. But as time went on, as I matured in my faith, I saw God's redemption in my life. And I saw how in each and every one of those circumstances, how God worked it together for my good. And sometimes in the middle of our pain and disappointment, we can be disillusioned and we can lose our 2020 vision and we can forget the promise that we have. And here's here's another scripture that I believe is just is truth. It's in Romans 8:28. And it says and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him 
and who have been called according to his purposes. So what are some lies we believe about ourselves? Well, oftentimes we can believe we can believe because of past abuse, failures, or misfortune, we can let those things define us. We can let those things define us. And um, number nine in your note-taking, we can believe because of the abuse, because of the failure or misfortune, that we are a mistake or God made a mistake in how he made us. And when that happens, we devalue ourselves and do not see ourselves the way God does. And God wants us to see ourselves the way he does. Let me take you to Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14. And it says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. And I remember one day when the Lord was beginning to just show me how he saw me. I remember reading that scripture, and I thought, okay, Lord, I was your idea. You put me in my mom's womb. I wasn't a mistake. I didn't just get here because my parents had sex. It was your idea. So you knit me together and you knit my personality and you knit my giftings and talents. I get that. And then it says, I'll praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. And I sat there after reading that scripture and I thought, I don't know that full well. I really don't. But at that point, I could come to the Lord and say, Lord, move that from my head to my heart. Lord, reveal to me and show me. And God, I know if he did that for me, he will do that for you. See, there were things I didn't like about my personality. There were things I didn't, didn't like about myself. And I didn't see myself the way God saw me. I didn't see myself. And maybe you don't see yourself the way God sees you. You are of great value. And it tells us in Deuteronomy 14 too, You are a holy people to the Lord your God. Out of all the peoples of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. Oh my word, friends. He's chosen you. You're treasured to him. You're treasured to him. But again, many times there can be things that color our viewpoint that happen to us. And for me, you know, as a young girl, I was overweight and I had to wear these big, I was pigeon-toed. I had to wear these corrective shoes. They were these big, heavy, brown shoes. And, you know, kids can be cruel. I was teased a lot other kids and it made me feel rejected and ugly and less than and it colored my thinking about myself and affected my viewpoint of who God was again as I began to grow as God began to reveal truth which was in his word as I read his word I began to see the truth about what he said about me and maybe you've had a great childhood that's awesome um 
but I also want to help those that maybe didn't. Or maybe you had an abusive parent that was physically, mentally abusive to you, um, wasn't there, was, you know, absent from your life. Maybe your parents divorced and you didn't grow up with a dad. Um, I think the Lord is just saying to you, come to me and let me erase the power of those words that were spoken over you. And let me erase and show you the truth about who you are. You know, another scripture is Romans 9 verse 20 that tells us. And let's read this one. Because this is the this is the thing. And maybe you don't like yourself like I didn't. Um, I need to ask God to unravel the lies you've believed. It says, but who are you, O man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to him who formed it? Why did you make me like this? That's exactly what I was doing. Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay and pottery some for noble purposes and some for common use? God has a purpose and plan, not just for my life, but for your life. I'm pretty common. I'm pretty ordinary. I'm not the most educated. I'm not the most gifted. But he has a purpose and plan for me, and he has a purpose and plan for you. And each of us is unique. I'm never going to be the president of this country, but that doesn't mean I'm not of value or that God doesn't have a special purpose for my life. It also tells us in Deuteronomy 32, 6, it asks a question and declares who God is. It says, is not your father, your creator, who made you and formed you. The truth is, you're special, you're treasured, you're handcrafted by God, you're loved, and you're valuable. And we've just read that all from, from his words. But what can happen, and I've worked with a number of people in the decades that I've been working in ministry and in social work, is when abuse happens to a child, they find a way to survive either through violence, self-punishment, addictions, and they think everything is their fault. And that's so unfortunate. That's so, that's not, if that has happened to you, that was not in God's heart to happen to you. Wasn't, wasn't what, um, or how he feels about you. But what happens is broken people and hurting broken Hurting people hurt other people. So, if that has been something that's happened in your life, I want to encourage you to just face the hurt. Face that, yeah, that really happened. But face it in a place where wisdom and wholeness and from God's point of view can bring healing to your heart because Satan is the father of lies. And he's come to kill, still and destroy. And when we have somebody, one of the things that I do, I pray with people and, um, and just help them see themselves as God sees them or their situation or, or whatever. And, you know, many times we need something like that to crush the lies so we can embrace 
and see the truth about who we are. So stop condemning yourself. Trade the lies you believed about yourself, about God, for the wonderful things God has for you. The wonderful things He has for you. Um, well, I want to just real quickly touch on lies we can believe about others. Um, because many times we can judge others and not understand why they may be acting the way they're they're acting or doing. And um, um, I remember years ago, and this was before my own <clears throat> my own story of being widowed at forty nine and some other losses in my life. There was a yeah, there's a couple that went to our church and they lost a child and um we were a small church so we knew a lot about everything and and i kind of you know wondered what was going on with them or just uh, i judged them is the honest truth i didn't understand just grieving behavior at that point and and all and after going through my own losses i had a whole different appreciation and I had to repent of judging others. And this happened in the Bible, too. I want to just tell you a little story about Hannah, a woman named Hannah, and her husband, Elkanai. And the priest's name was Eli. And then back in those days, um, they had more than one wife. And Panea was Elkanai's other wife. And to set the stage, if you hadn't heard the story... Panea had many sons, and Hannah had none. And it says in 1 Samuel 1, 5, but, Hannah, but to Hannah, Elkanah gave a double portion because he loved her. Okay, he loved Hannah. Her husband loved her. But it says the Lord had closed her womb. She wasn't able to, to have children. And what stood out to me is how God you know, worked in her husband to love her. He dearly loved her, and he had compassion for her. Um, and her husband loved her just simply for who she was, not what she could give him. Her husband loved her, but she had so much. She had it. She had it hard. She couldn't give birth, and it was such a hard thing. Uh, it's a hard thing any time for I think a woman. But she also had her rival provoking her, who was Panea, and was irritating her. And it says in 1 Samuel 1, 6, that um, because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. And this went on year after year. You know, Panea was giving Hannah more grief than she already had. She was already struggling with her identity as a woman and her grief of infertility. And then she had another woman rubbing it in her face. And maybe you had somebody in your life like that, um, you know, that's done that. And it says in 1 Samuel 1.10, In the bitterness of her soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she went to the temple to pour out her grief to the Lord. And so she made a wise choice. She went to church to worship and just pour out her heart. But even... In that, she was, her her actions were misinterpreted, and the religious leader 
didn't see her the way God saw her. It says that Eli made a quick judgment and he thought she was drunk and not in her right mind. He didn't, that leader did not have an understanding of grief and what it can do when you have a big disappointment or you have a big loss, just how it can affect. And Hannah, re, Hannah responded to Eli's accusation and said, don't take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying out of great anguish and grief. Great anguish and grief. But this person, and you know, Satan can use people, even Christians and in churches. I've worked with a number of people that have been hurt by people in church. That doesn't mean we need to stay away from church. Church is just full of people that need Jesus. And as Christians, I just want to encourage each and every one of us to be careful not to judge others, especially when we haven't been in their shoes or experienced what they're going through. It tells us that in Luke 6, 37, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. You know, Jesus wants us to understand other people. And, you know, the rest of this story is that God did bless Hannah and did give her a child. Um, but I believe God really wants us to try to understand and seek to understand the other people. And too often, I know I was guilty of this. I've, after being through some just real adversity in my own life, it's changed my understanding. My understanding um, of where people's hearts are. And I have a passion to just love them and help them move forward in their life. And I believe God is calling us to a higher standard as believers to ask God how he sees a situation or sees a person versus making a quick judgment with our natural eye and asking God to reveal truth again in any area we've believed a lie about him, about others, or about ourselves. And so I just want to pray as we wrap things up today for you. And I want to encourage you. I know I went fast through a lot of these scriptures. Please go back and study them yourselves and see what God wants to show you and let him unravel any lies that you or I have believed. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word that's rich. Lord, it's full of truth. It shows us the way. It shows us the truth and it shows us life and life abundantly. And thank you that that's in your heart for your kids. And so, Lord, any place that we have believed a lie about you, any place that a lie has been spoken to us as kids, as adults, and that we've believed it because somebody said it, that we may be esteemed, Lord, erase the lies we've believed. And, Lord, bring healing to each and every heart. Thank you that you're a God that heals. Thank you that, Lord, you want us to face our hurt and bring it to you. And we look to you to give us truth and wisdom. And I pray healing for each one listening. And, Lord, forgive us where we've judged others. And we've maybe not seen them exactly as you have seen them. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to be vessels that pour out your love, your grace, 
and lead others to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. You can go to my website um, for, to look for more podcasts. My website is www.kathleenmaxwellramby.com. And that's a long word, but it's there. And um, you can get more information about me. If you want to help uh, this podcast go around the world, I think we're in over 30 countries now. Um, you can also donate there and you can share this podcast or this lesson with others um, with you with the three dots. And then there should be a little button that says share. So the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and just reveal more truth. See you next week.